politics Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Bottoms up Welcome to Bottoms Up Fred and Blotto discuss the politics of today, the culture of our lives, and the beer of our state. Bottoms up. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? The group's coming at you tonight with episode 75, the original Diamond Anniversary. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing terrific, Fred. Yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we, 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 we've been somewhat erratic in our recording this summer for lots of reasons. But it does always, uh, you know, uh, uh, titillate the senses to get back in the studio. Back in the proverbial saddle. Uh, what about you, Knobs? Uh, I'm good. It's been a rough uh, work week, but I'm ready to sit back, relax, and have a few brews. Uh, people not knowing uh, what the on button is for? Yeah, apparently they have not heard of, have you tried turning off and on again? <laughs> uh, which is the bulk of your job? Uh, more than it should be, yes. <laughs> I'm missing something. What's the joke? You're not missing anything, Fred. Okay. All right. These are, these are rehashed IT jokes. These are uh, these are as old as you know Benny Hill. Okay, I, I thought something had happened in it. No, escaped my attention. <laughs> What's going on? That <laughs> you know this remote podcasting, you don't get to see things. So I don't. Uh, you're remote. Yeah, Nobs and I are together. Mm. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't notice that Fred wasn't in the room. <laughs> I'm an impact guy. I really am. So I thought. I, I thought we were, you know, donning on the mask. And uh, yeah, when, when are we going to do that? When, when are we going to get together? I was. I was thinking about that when I was searching for the beers. And uh, <laughs> I was well, like, man, this is so much easier when we got together. According to Dear Leader, you know, he, he's going to have the. Um, the vaccine any day now, so I'm, I'm sure it won't be too long. Well, also, according to most uh, Trumpsters, this all goes away November 2nd or 6th or whenever, you know, the day after the election. Do the 100 and we've broken 180,000 officially. Do, do they come back and vote? Uh, they are voting by mail already. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that those numbers aren't accurate, but your joke was better. Uh, <laughs> I'm shocked that I haven't seen a meme like that already. I think I sort of did. I, I, I bet you they're out there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there, there's some people that will go to that depth. <laughs> and there's three of them on this program. <laughs> Uh, speaking of 75, I did, I did do a little okay. 1975. Somebody's still doing their job around here. I, I actually almost forgot to do it. I have one job and almost forgot to do it. Uh, just out of habit. 
Uh, the first thing is dedicated to my friend Nobs, with him in mind. As the band, the Talking Heads, played their first gig in June of 75, they opened up for the Ramones at CBGB's in NYC. I thought that was a pretty cool one. Yeah, opening Interesting. up the Ramones. Yeah. yeah, at CBGB's of all places. Yeah. And then actually the second one is for Nobs as well. We'll give them a two for one. Wow, I feel special. Yeah, in September of 1975, Pink Floyd releases Wish You Were Here. Ah. So I thought that was a pretty big album release and a, a pretty big band to be launching, one, one of Nob's favorites. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yes, sir. Thank you, and good night, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Fred, what else came out of 75? It's got to be, it's got to be Queen. <laughs> Boh- uh, Night at the Opera. Yep. Okay. Woo! So I get three. <laughs> I get three mentions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, seventy-five. Pretty good year. Yeah. I, I didn't. Unlike see, twenty-twenty. I didn't see any. Oh, there was a death. I take that back. The, the uh, what was the band? The Beatles sign Badfinger. Oh my god. Their singer hung himself. Really? Yeah. There's a joke in there that I just am gonna stay away from because (laughs) (laughs) that's probably for the best. Yeah. And to beer, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because nice segue. Well because Fred you've heard me just you know rant on uh, about Bad finger before I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I'm sure I've I've been stuck listening to that a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm not, I'm not familiar with that conversation. I might need to fill me in something. You, you just got to get them good and drunk, at, like at a campfire or something, and bring it up. Well, and just let them go. It's like playing, like you know, baby, can I drive my car? Or whatever it is, and baby, and, baby and then, blue. And then I'll just. Launch. Launch, right. <laughs> I'll, I'll remember that. My baby blue. I should sing it to you. We got nothing but time. No? Okay, beer. Beer. It's uh, Fred's week for beer, so uh, I will start the introductions. I Have we done a Luddington Bay before? I don't believe so. Uh, I, th- I think they I'm might be new. Because I don't ever remember seeing them before, so that's actually what caught my eye first. And then I thought it had a fun name, Summer Fling. It's a Heffenweizen Ale. Um, 6.1 on the alcohol level. And it said it's a hybrid Heffenweizen Ale brewed from German yeast and American malt. Creating banana and clove flavors with a slightly dry biscuit finish, and I have no idea what the hell a biscuit finish is. So I'm 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 going to hand it over to you. I'm 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 really going to be uh, you know trying to catch that biscuit finish. <laughs> uh, the slightly dry biscuit finish at that. Well, no one likes a dry biscuit. You need a bad finger. No, I, I, I think you're right there, Nobs. A, a dry biscuit, 
doesn't really sound all that great. No. And then, of course, the banana and clove and whatever else they say about it. But They don't say they add banana. They claim it tastes like banana and clove. So let's um, give it a whirl. I thought maybe, and maybe maybe you did, Fred, that, you know, this was a, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of coming to the close of summer, right? So this is like last summer fling, right? Yeah, that, I, I didn't finish my thought on the name, but yes, that, that was part of my thinking as well. But glad you reminded me of it. Um, so it's very hazy. Holy head, Jesus. Oh, I didn't get a lot. I've got like four inches. Uh, learn how to pour a beer. He, that's why he's a dishwasher. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um, uh, I mean, I had like a little. Now it's all settled. I, I probably had like a quarter of an inch or so. But really hazy. It, it does have a, a fairly potent aroma. Um, I don't know if I'd, you know, be able to say, oh, I, it's banana and clove and biscuit. But. Um, biscuit. <laughs> but it, it, it does have a pleasant smell. What about the taste? Um, it at 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 first um, at first taste, it's uh, very much a wheat beer. Um, you know, very low on the hop, uh, easy to drink, uh, refreshing. Um, you know, I, I don't find anything remarkable about it. But initially, I would say that I like it as a nice Hefeweizen. Strong, steady, as Hefeweizens go. Are you guys picking up on the banana flavor? Not even when I'm trying to trick my mind, no. Okay. I am, actually. Really? Yeah. And... Typically, I'm very like anti-banana flavor, <laughs> like 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 artificial banana flavor is not even what a banana tastes like. Correct. But, and that this has correct. like this has like that artificial banana flavor to it. Artificial banana flavor, like uh, banana runs. No, no, I know, I know what you mean. I, I yeah. know what the artificial banana flavor is, but I just can't. I I, I don't detect it. To, to okay. me, this is a a, a non-flavored hefeweizen. Non-flavored? You know, just a basic Hefeweizen, just your, your basic wheat beer. Uh, I agree. It's a pretty refreshing beer at first blush. Um, I don't necessarily taste banana or clove, but it does have a pleasant flavor. And uh, I like it so far. It's pretty good. Do you do you taste the imitation banana that, that, that Nobs does? Imitate. Let me take another sip here. I was so busy starting my router again. Yeah, we, 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 you mentioned the the the, the runts. Yeah, the, 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 the chalky hard candy. The worst, the worst flavor in runts. Yeah. What I always think of in uh, fake banana are is like that taffy. Yeah. It's basically the same flavor. Yeah, 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 yeah. The science has not gotten there yet with banana or watermelon. Yet. 
See, see what I think you guys are missing is that's the dry biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the crust. That's the crusty biscuit. biscuit. <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. It's going down easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a. To me, it's a strong half of ice. You know, yeah. we, you know, we you talk know about yep. beers having like good or bad mouthfeel. Yeah, the phrase mm-hmm. "dry biscuit" has bad mouthfeel. <laughs> <laughs> yes it does uh, yeah i don't know why they would decide to put that on the can and and well and nowhere do i get there's that. the show title <laughs> dry biscuit mouthfeel um the uh, one thing that we didn't really talk about was the can and we we, we do that sometimes uh but when we were when you had mentioned that we had not reviewed a Luddington bay beer before I really like their logo. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The logo and the can are awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks like pure Michigan. Uh-huh. Oh, show. And Ludington's a great little town. I don't think I've ever been there. Uh, Pop-Tart and I went there a couple of falls ago. Uh, Off-season, but uh, enjoyed it nice. uh, very much. Mm-hmm. I would recommend it. And in the summertime, I'm, I'm sure it's uh, fantastic. We went in the fall. It was also nice. I'm not sure I've been there. I, 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 I think it's uh, not too far from the Tunnel of Trees. Well, I was there last year, so maybe I was up that way. I don't know. And I, cause I, I, I think we went through there on our way back home. Yeah. We may have, too. I don't I don't recall. Um, I can remember where the tunnel of trees is. Uh, anyway, anything else on the beers? Overall, I think it's a low meh. Uh, just because, right? Uh, because it does not have a very good flavor. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was looking up the tunnel of trees. Uh, well, I guess there might, maybe there's two tunnel of trees because. <laughs> Because the tunnel trees in Michigan is nowhere near Ludington. <laughs> That's up by Traverse City, right? The tunnel. Uh, past that. It's up by Petoskey. Yeah. That's where we were. <clears throat> and I've been to Petoskey also for the fall. So maybe that's, I'm confusing the two. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I believe uh, the one I'm talking about, there is something similar through the uh, Manistee Forest, which is near Ludington. Because I'm sure I, I, I can almost uh, um, kind of trace our path home where we stayed off the uh, the main highways and, and ended up going through some of the forested areas up there. So still recommend it, even though the tunnel trees are about another two and a half hours away. <laughs> Fact check myself. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Fred, uh, you know, we since we're doing these so sporadically, there's there, there's so much to cover. It seems like, um, which is why we have to do, you know, get back on a regular schedule. Uh, oh, hey, I don't know why this just popped into my mind, but I got to tell you guys this. Uh, I was on the radio recently, what? a step beyond podcasting. What? Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. 
so at the cheeseburger fest at the up there at, at the thumb there was a country station that was broadcasting live from our street so uh me and my sis brought out a couple of burgers for the radio personalities and then they put us on the air nice bribe and uh we talked it up a little bit and you know, they asked us some questions and chatted up, and it was it was all pretty cool. You know, there's no, you know, we didn't tell anyone to record it, you know. And my my sister said, "Well, you do all the talking," and I said, "Have you ever listened to me on Potoms Up? <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm like you're the professional PR person. You do it." Um, but we 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 you know we hit it back and forth, and uh, I thought we did really well, and then. Later on that day, a guy comes walking up and he's like, I just want a burger to go. The one you were talking about on the radio. It works. It works. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I said, and and it just so happened that I was up at the hostess stand to take that order. I, 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 I normally probably wouldn't be that person. So it was all just sort of coincidence. And I said, oh, really? I go, you heard that? And he's like, yeah, that's why I'm here. And I said, that was me. And he goes, really? (laughs) That's pretty cool. I don't know what made me. I I was just thinking about, I don't know, being on the air. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute. I I was on the radio recently. You're moving on. You're going to leave us all behind. Um, uh, But but anyway, uh, set that aside. uh, So we do miss a lot of stuff, right? I mean, it's not like we're not doing this podcast because... Uh, there isn't enough material every single week, every um, single day, every single day. Uh, but we do got to sort of, you know, if, if we just try and go back, you know, it's, it's part of the problem with this administration. Like, like going back doesn't mean anything, right? That that the the scandal from two weeks ago is gone, and it's the sad part of this administration, right? It, there's such a barrage of shit that happens every single day. It, the news cycle can't uh, have the feeding frenzy that they would like they did with Clinton's emails. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and Clinton's emails wasn't even a scandal and yet they made it a scandal because they pounded it every single day. Uh, but with, with Trump, we, like I said, we're not even going to go back. I'm not going to scroll through my timeline on Facebook of two weeks ago <laughs> to talk about all the horrible crap he's done to this country. It's just, it, it just seems kind of pointless, even though it's really not right. And you know, what's funny is, is I basically have the news on all day long while I'm working and I, I can, I can't tell you what happened two weeks ago because it's always an overload of information and you become numb to it. It's just like even the really bad stuff. It just kind of like even the really bad stuff. Yeah. And you just you just become numb to it. It doesn't stick because there's the crisis du jour, the the scandal du jour to move on to, and try and absorb that before it changes to something else. You know what I mean? It's just nonstop. Just 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 um, to throw back time just a little bit. Yeah, just even one item that does stick with me because it's in my craw 
is the whole business of the bounties on the uh, military people's heads in uh, Afghanistan still hasn't been addressed. I mean, I'm, that was almost two months ago, but, or, or how about that uh, Senate bipartisan report that came out on the Russia thing that was huge. In a lot of cases, it had more information, more teeth than the Mueller report did. It just kind of poof. Where's that? Why, where is it? And basically what it did, it, it, it outlined the collusion. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and 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 you know nobody cares. And then and, and it, it, it's not because they don't. It's not because people like us don't care. It's that you're just trying to, you know, be the greyhound chasing the rabbit, right? I mean, <laughs> you 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 can't worry about the. The, the previous day's races. You're just going after the next rabbit. You know what's hilarious about that report? And I know we're not going to spend a bunch of time on it, but it, it basically spelled out the collusion step by step. Mm-hmm. And then Marco Rubio, who was heading the thing at the end, signed off and said, this proves there was no collusion. It's like, what the <laughs> F? <laughs> he put, they put that in writing. In the report that after all this collusion we just proved, this proves there was no collusion. It's like, oh, my gosh, my head is going to explode. <laughs> it, you know, I, I mean, that's that's just another example of the gaslighting, right? I mean, it's just we're just going to say things that are completely contradictory to the facts. Which brings us to because- the convention. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, no, no. It, it, uh, that that is what the convention is about, right? We're just going to make up stuff. You, you know, I, I can't watch the Republican convention or or whatever this thing is. I I I I I started to watch it the night before last. Uh, the Tigers were getting pounded by the Cubs. <laughs> so I turned it off and I just couldn't watch it. And, and I feel like, should I be watching it for at least bottoms up? <laughs> should I be doing homework? <sighs> I, I've tried to watch the first hour of it, but it, man, it's just, it just gets the blood pressure up before going to bed, and it's hard to sleep. And <laughs> but what a cast of characters! Oh my gosh! Now, wow. two nights ago, when it started, that's when they were really trying to work the gaslighting on the COVID, right? I, I hardly remember them even talking about the pandemic. Um, yeah, they tried to just make it seem like Trump had done an amazing job with COVID. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I know like last night, uh, Cudlow was one of the speakers and he, he actually was talking about the pandemic and he used all past tense terms as if the pandemic was already over with. Mm. And those, that was the way he framed it. The great job that was done in eradicating the coronavirus. Hello, we just went over 180,000 
dead people. I know it's an inaccurate number, knobs, but I'll uh, save you repeating that. Well, and we still have governors of of all of both parties uh, trying to get things under control in their own states. I mean, the federal government may have walked away from this, and and Trump has, even though he never really got into it. But you know, he, he, you know, Georgia's governor just outlined new new uh, workplace rules just uh, this week, last week. It's amazing. Uh, and you know that guy's a Trumpster, but he knows that he has a bad problem. You know where we're going to see it's kind of too little, too late. Way. You know where we're going to see another bad problem in regards to this. Uh, pandemic is what's going on down in the Gulf of Mexico right now. That hurricane that's going to hit Louisiana, it's supposed to have a uh, 20 foot uh, surge of water, 30 to 40 miles inland. Could mm. absolutely going to wipe out the shoreline communities. 20 feet of water is a lot. 120 mile an hour winds is a lot. Oh, yeah. No, it's devastating. Well, I, I did hear, though, that on the news tonight that they're stocking up on paper towels. <laughs> so, Louisianians, take heart. Bounty is coming, and not the ones on the head of the military people in Afghanistan. Nice play. Nice play. Brought it back not full that, circle. Not that, Rusty. The, for, the forgotten scandal. <laughs> Puerto Rico. How many died there? What, 4,000? He said it was 65. Anyways, back, we're really getting off on tangents. Back to the um, conventions. Do, do you want to touch base on the DNC, or you want to jump right into the RNC? Or uh, Well, I mean, the DNC was, you know, prior. Just my overall take on the, on the, on the DNC was, you know, Kind of like how Knobs feels about this beer. Kind of meh. <laughs> you, you know, may, maybe it wasn't uh, for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was because, you know, the, the, the goal was to base, I, I don't know, I, I think the goal of this, of the DNC convention was largely um, what? What's the word I want to say? I want, like pop and pomp and circumstance, like like show, like this is what we do, right? Every election, we have a convention. Like they they did it just to do it. It wasn't necessary in any way, in any means. Do you think it was necessary? Well, maybe only from the standpoint of. Kamala being the first African-American, uh, Indian-American, and a woman at the same time, you know, being introduced as... All the same all time. The same, she, 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 did it, she did it all. She did it all. You know what I meant? I edited that out. <laughs> no way. I, I think it, for the Kamala point, that may have been one of the reasons to... Kamala. 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 I'm imitating Joe. 
All right. So, yeah, uh, one thing uh, I'll, I'll say about it is, I, I again, I, I told you this earlier, I tried to watch the first hour because I got to work. So I missed most of the bigger names. But <clears throat> what I saw in the first hour was mostly calling the dumbass out for his failures on just about everything, which was well-deserved. So I didn't necessarily hear the platform and the policies that they were going to be pushing forward. I'm assuming they happened after I went to bed. But of like-minded people that I deal with on social media and stuff, a lot of people that did watch it all said they felt uplifted and they felt positive which to me is a good thing because we certainly don't have enough of that going on. So the people that I did see comments on that watched it all, you know, they felt uplifted and refreshed. And they also really enjoyed the fact that people could put together a coherent paragraph or phrase that made sense. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that was obviously one of the things that they attempted to do was to, you know, make it um, to convey the message that the Biden presidency will be so much different than what we have, you know, with with dumbass. Um, but I, I was just going back to like, but, you know, the impact on the voter, I, 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 I kind of would would say is 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 pretty nil yeah he didn't get much of a bump out of it <clears throat> he didn't lose um, anything but he he didn't get much of a bump and i i think well i think a lot of people who are gonna vote democrat are gonna vote democrat i mean you know we've talked about this a lot i think in in, in previous uh podcasts but it, it's really going to be about turnout it's 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 not going to be about um, people switching. It's, it's going to be about turnout. And uh, I agree a hundred percent. I've been, I've been more and, and on it, the side of get out and vote as opposed to you need to vote for this person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the, that's the way it's the only way that Trump is going to be defeated, but, but I, I want to stay on the convention and um, you, you know, I think that's where, the strategy uh, of the RNC is actually very effective. Uh, and, and that is, you know, they rely on their base to live in absolute fear of losing what they have. That's, that's what drives, that's the, the angry white man of America. Yep. And, what are they doing at their convention? They are just painting the bleakest picture ever if a Democrat was to uh, win the White House. And that's going to motivate their base. They, they're, 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 you know, in, in this regard, they're not stupid. They love to throw the red and, meat. Absolutely. And it's all about fear, you know, socialism and riots and 
you know, taking away your guns. And, you know, th- this is this is why Republicans, Trumpsters, whatever, this is why they vote. This is why they get out to vote. And, um, you know, the Democrats, you know, uh, uh, you know, we, we there weren't enough in 2016 to realize what they didn't have the proper amount of fear of what a president Trump administration would look like. There was real fear there and we're living it. Uh, but that fear did not resonate to people getting out to vote, you know, whether it was going to be because Trump was going to get elected and he was going to be awful or Trump was going to get elected and the Supreme court was going to be awful that fear did not resonate with enough Democrats, but it resonates with Republicans. Well, you would think after the the three and a half plus years of this shit show we've been living in, you would think, again, I know we're not big poll people, but you would think the polls would be 20% between them and that people would be, you know, drooling, waiting to get the chance to vote this guy out. But I'm, I'm not so sure that's the case. I saw a poll the other day where, where, where Trump still gets high marks on the economy. You know, that's all bullshit because all he's getting high marks for the economy is the stock market kind of bouncing back. That's not the economy, though. What he gets high marks on is that it's 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 not even whether a large portion of the electorate even understand that it's that they just think he's doing a good job with the economy you know the 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 media doesn't know how to frame it any other way than in the in the old ways that things were measured right unemployment rate and stock market you know how, when was the last time that the media grab hold of topics like income inequality and stagnant wages and the cost of the necessities of life going up and the widening, uh, or I should say the shrinking of the middle class. You know, those are the things that Republican policies and the Trump administration, the only thing that you hear a little bit about is you know, the, the, the basic failure of his tax reform. And and they know it's a failure, too, because they don't even campaign on it. They didn't campaign on it in 2018, and they're not campaigning on it in 2020, which is really his signature piece of legislation. His only. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of, yeah. I can't really think of another piece of legislation. He signs all sorts of, you know, orders, executive orders and stuff. But besides that, what really has he done? Legislation. Yeah, no, I can't think of anything. And, and and so then when asked as it relates to the RNC and the campaign, what is your agenda? What are you going to do to help America from 2020 to 2024? He has no answer. He cannot answer that question other than, you know, sort of like 
you know, GOP talking points. Well, you remember when Sean Hannity was interviewing him, I don't know, a month or so ago, and he asked him to talk about his platform, and he couldn't. He was in a softball interview, and he had nothing to say. And, and so now, because he has nothing to say, and the GOP doesn't really have a platform in any real manner, They've gone into this convention with the platform of whatever Donald Trump says. And that's not a hyperbolic way of saying it. That's what they said. That's exactly what they said. <laughs> and and you quote. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, no, basically, that's kind of what they said. They're, they're going to support and, and praise anything that he says up there, basically. And it, it's, it's kind of also what worked for him in 2016 because of, you know, the gobbledygook that he would spout depending upon whoever he thought was listening. Uh, you know, he, he never really seemed to have policies. And, or, or, you know, somebody would ask him the same question in a more difficult manner and he would change his answer. But it didn't matter. You know, it, it's kind of like people wanted to put him in office and then we'll figure out what he does after that. And, and, and you know, you know, for whatever reason, they like him or whatever. Right. They, you know, for all, all the misconceptions that they have. But it's 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 backwards. Like campaigning is supposed to be. I'm going to share my ideas with you and I'm going to get feedback. And then maybe I have to morph those ideas based on the feedback I get from my constituents. And at the end, here's going to be my platform and you either vote for it or against it or vote for me or against me based on my vision. None of that applies to the GOP. No, that's, that's not the way they do things anymore. It's all about, you don't want the Democrat. The Democrats are going to do all these horrible things. And so you have to vote for me. And don't worry about what I believe. I'll tell you once I get there. And then when I get there, I won't even tell you. You know what's also kind of funny about what you just... It's, it, it is, that's the scenario we live about in. About what you just said. If, if, you, if you listen to what's going on at the RNC, they basically set themselves up to run against Bernie. But Biden, they're lazy. They didn't even try to change it around to adapt it to Biden. They keep calling Biden a socialist. He's not a socialist. He's a moderate, if anything. But every everything is socialism, socialism, socialism. Well, that's because the S word is scary. Yeah. That, that's it right. all comes down to fear. You know, the, the first night, which... One of the guys that was speaking was that Matt Gates, who I I just can't stand <laughs> that guy. But he, he gets up there and he basically said and implied that Joe Biden single-handedly was going to come to your neighborhood and basically eradicate suburbs as we know them today. Yeah. And then the other thing he says, yep. 
They're going to empty prisons and M13 is coming to get you. I'm like, where is this crap? I mean, come on. That, that isn't even in the realm of TV reality. You, you know what I mean? I mean, we're going to empty the prisons and sick the M, M13 gang members on you. Th- that's our platform. That's what we're doing. We're going to make socialists of them first, and then we're going to send them your way to get rid of your suburbs. I mean, talk about just just playing on the fear and ignorance of people. Uh, the other thing that I have noticed about this particular convention, and, um, you know, I, I, I always kind of hesitate and be careful of wading into waters regarding race when we don't have people of, of color on the show. <laughs> so, but they are really doing whatever they can to appeal to the black voter in this thing. Yeah. Like they're rolling out every black person that would ever support Trump that they possibly can find. <laughs> yep. And it's, 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 it's shameful, isn't it? You got my vote. Yes. Like, like it's, 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 it's this worst kind of pandering. Um, you know, and, you know, I, I certainly understand that the black electorate is not a monolithic group. Okay. Um, like, like Biden said, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> it's Joe being Joe. Um, but it, it, in, in my opinion, just as just as the, 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 the black voter can care about a lot of different issues and both sides of different issues, I, I, I would still say, though, if you're really looking after the betterment of America and an improved society, you don't vote Trump and GOP. You, you know what I mean? Kind of like what you're saying is, is this shouldn't even be a horse race. Like, like this should be, you know, 90%, 10%. And that includes, you know, <laughs> you know, all, all the different ethnic factions with and, and religious factions and whatever in America as well, not just you know, GOPers, right? So when when they trot out Herschel Walker, you know, it's like Her- Herschel. I want to say to him, you're not really thinking this through either. Just as I, as I would say to anyone, whether he's black or not, right? You're 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 really missing the point of uh, of of what Trump is doing uh, uh, to all Americans, not not just. Uh, minority communities, and uh, you know it's it's it, it's so try hard. It's it's kind of disgusting from the from the RNC. You know, like the pardon. You know that that right. whole thing. It, it, it's it's to me that should almost be illegal what he did 
he pardoned that guy. He, first of all, he's got him in the White House, but I guess mm-hmm. the, the the president doesn't have to follow the Hatch Act. Why I don't know, but he he he's using it as a backdrop and it help use the power of his office to help promote his campaign. But then on top of it, he he surprised pardoned that guy who had been in prison. Which, okay, that, that's within your powers to do, but not as a stunt to help your campaign for re-election. You know, to me, he, he should not have been able to pardon that guy under those circumstances. Because there are, there are rules to pardoning. You, you know what I mean? You can't do it to help yourself if there's criminal act you know, investigation about you or something like that. So, well, he did that already (laughs) stone. So Mm -hmm. I guess move along. I'm wrong there, but yeah, I mean, I, the, the fact that he pulls that crap, I mean, it's sickening. It, It is, it is, it is sickening. Um, but like I said, it's effective. And then, and then the other thing, that he did was the swearing in of those citizens. I think there were five of them. Oh, I missed. Oh that. no, no. There, there was five people. Of course, they were all people of color, and um, he 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 swore them in, gave them citizenship and all that in the White House again, and, and no one remembers. You know. I'm what five thousand children separated from their families at the border, um, with un, with some unknown number never reunited. Yeah, oh yeah, gone forever. No database to track these kids. That now we have a whole generation of of orphans floating around out there. Well, They'll probably join MS thirteen. Fred, they're not sending their best. Ah, that's true. I forgot that part. But I mean, they they. They're wanting to paint him into the person so, so he Trump naturalized. Huh? <laughs> so did Trump na- naturalize five rapists? <laughs> no, they were lepers. <laughs> and, and, and I guess there's like hundreds of thousands of people on like a, a back list of trying to get in the country and, and he handpicks these five and uses them as his dog and pony show in the White House. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I, I never like to lean on the hypocrisy argument too much. But just imagine, you know, if o- Obama for his second term, term had used the power of his office for his campaigning. In a tan suit. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it 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 would have been just you know a hair on fire moment for all the Republicans. You take any one of dumbasses scandals, anyone, just pick a day and pick the scandal that happened that day. Mm-hmm. If Obama had done any of them, he he would not be in that office today. Can you imagine if Obama had said not to buy Goodyear tires? Oh, my God. Yeah, right. American institution. 
See, see, there's one, there's one Fred that we didn't ever talk about, right? And and a week ago we would have. Yep. You you know what happened last night in the RNC that I was shocked took this long was they played the Hunter Biden card. Mm-hmm. They had that. Uh, oh that, right. Uh, Pam something or another from Florida. Uh, what what would tax her name? She used to be Bondi. Bondi, yes, Pam Bondi. I think she used to be the AG of Florida or something like that. She went out there and, and started spewing all the lies about uh, Hunter Biden and and how you know the nepotism of being the son of Joe Biden. Blah 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 blah. And then later on, Eric Trump comes on, who's. Uh, <laughs> caught up in a scandal in New York because of his family. You know, the irony of it, you know. Well, didn't, uh, wasn't they talking about nepotism while on the bottom of the screen it had like upcoming speakers, Trump, Trump, Trump on the bottom? Yes. Yeah. There were three, there were three Trumps last night. And it's like, (laughs) how can you do that? You're talking about nepotism when you've got the entire family coming up there to talk. There was like six main speakers last night, and three of them were Trumps. <laughs> oh my gosh, head is exploding again. <laughs> and, and 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 it's okay, right? I mean, it's okay for for the Trumpsters. They don't even they don't even see it as as uh, uh, like a, a monarchy. No, I think they do. Well, they, that's that you're Prince right. Eric. They, they, they do, but they wouldn't admit it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> what a shit show. <laughs> I actually, before it started, I was like, oh, I'm going to try and watch some of it, but it, it's just ludicrous. <laughs> I heard that, that Trump was going to speak four nights. But I guess that's not because how many more nights are left? Uh, tomorrow's the last one or tomorrow's two. Tomorrow's the last night. Tonight and tomorrow. Well, he's been he's been on taped, you know, which yeah. M- Michelle Obama dared to be taped, and, and, and he made a big deal about that. But he's been taped every night that it's been on. <laughs> like I said, you know, hypocrisy is, you know, got a permanent home in in Washington. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, it, it just it just becomes redundant to talk about it. Um, anything more on the conventions, I guess? We kind of beat them pretty good. Well, the, the only other thing, and it, it kind of has to do with the Hatch Act and, and, and all the nonsense there, just that, that whole business of Pompeo. Pompeo. I knew you were Pompeo from from Israel doing his speech for the dumbass. And I don't know if you saw in the news, but under Pompeo's directions, there are rules within the State Department that spell out very clearly that no State Department officials, especially those who have been vetted by Congress, can even attend or participate in anything, anything political. This is under 
Pompeo, and he's doing this on the taxpayer dime. He's on a, a, a State Department trip to Israel, but then he turned it into this political thing. I mean, oh, my gosh. I said that a lot today. I'm repeating myself. <laughs> the insanity is sinking in. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that's just the icing on their their cake, you know. They they they, they don't want to just break a lock like a commoner would. They they've got to break it to like the nth degree, you know, turbocharge the law breaking. And with that bloated sack, Pompeo. Perfect. <laughs> you bloated sack. So what else you want to talk about? What, what uh, about Kenosha? Well, Anything to add? Yeah, Kenosha, riots, uh, you know. Cities burning. The, the political the, the political ping pong that are riots and protesting. Uh and then I'll just give my, my my bottom line on the Jacob Blake incident, and then we can talk. Uh, well, we can add to it, of course. But um, you know, I, it just every time I look at these situations, I just I, I I just ask the same question, and to me, it's the only question. And you know, people on Facebook don't want to. Um, uh, that, that that disagree with me, don't want to look at it the way that I do uh, for obvious reasons, but would have Blake been shot if he was white? Every, forget about how he doesn't comply. Forget about maybe he's going to his car to get a weapon. Forget about whether he's going to get in his car and use it as a weapon. What you know, Forget about his past, whatever it is. If the white guy does the exact same thing, does he get shot seven times in the back? Odds are no. Odds are no. And that's, you know, it, it, it's an opinion, it's speculation on my part, but that is the story I'm always going to stick with. I'm going to look at the situation and say, you know, he probably doesn't get shot seven times. Probably the guy drags him back out of the car, right? He's got two or three officers. When you're getting into a car, you don't have the greatest balance of the world. The guy's got you by the collar. You pull him back and set him on the ground. And, you know, then you put your knee on his neck until he dies that way. That's what I was going to add, but you beat me to it. Yeah. (laughs) I was waiting. (laughs) It was pretty obvious where I was going. But, but, you you know, that, that to me is the only question because, because that's the only question where race comes into play. Race doesn't come into play on the point of whether or not he's complying. I was arguing with some Yahoo the other night about, you know, his assertion that blacks don't comply at a higher rate than whites with police. And, okay, (laughs) after he's not able to approve that assertion with any kind of data, uh, so then I, you know, kind of went down this, you know, rabbit hole of, okay, let's assume you're right. Why is that? (laughs) Like, you you know, and then he couldn't answer that either. So he could have. Well, yeah, but he, he can't, he knew what he he knew what was going to happen. Right. He was going to be exposed. 
So, you know, like I said, it, 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 to me, it, it, it doesn't matter this, this, this conversation about how compliant he was. And that's the only thing that, that, that the Trumpsters want to talk about. I argued for over an hour last night with one of our buddies, and they just kept coming back to that same point. He, they didn't listen to the orders given by the officer. It doesn't matter. You still can't shoot somebody who's not threatening your life, who's walking away from you in the back seven times. It's not justified. Sorry. I'm just sorry. End of story. <laughs> you, you can't do it. What, I don't care if he doesn't follow orders. But, but, but but you, no, I, I agree with you, Fred, but, but you're, you're okay. So let's say, let, let, but Here's why I guess I, 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 where I take a different spin on it, right? Because let's say the same situation happens to the white guy. So let's say he does shoot the white guy seven times in the back. Is it you, your argument still holds up that it was excessive force? Right? Yeah. That, that you can't go around shooting people in the back because they're not complying with your demands, even though he's not an eminent threat. But I kind of still look at it differently. It's, it's the reason he was shot was not because the guy used excessive force, but because the guy, because he, he was using it on a black guy. You, you, you know what I mean? I think it was that and his fear of the black guy. Correct. That that is part of it. And and the first thing that I I said to Pop Tart about this incident, and 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 again, I've, I I know that I've ranted about this before regarding police abuses in America, is the second factor that comes into play besides the race factor where a lot of cops see uh, the, you know, the, the minority communities in the, in, in the uh, impoverished communities in, in inner cities and things like that, they see them as subhuman. That's the race part, right? To snuff them out is like, you know, stepping on a bug to them. The other problem is the fear factor. And that problem is we have too many guns in this country. And and that cop might have thought that Blake was going to his car to get a gun. He may have really believed that. But he shouldn't be able to believe that. Like that should not be part of, uh, of a policeman's thought process. And America has a gun problem. There are too many guns in this country. And he's going to think that. You, you know, and so he's not going to take that chance. And what this really comes down to probably. And this is where I think the laws kind of have to change and policing has to change. And that is eminent threat. You know, you, you uh, uh, an officer has to be. More they, they have to be certain they have to be. They, they, they have to really be able to uh, prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that bodily harm was going to happen 
to someone serious bodily harm was going to have was going to happen to someone or themselves in order to use deadly force. You know, just the idea of I feared for my life or I thought he might be reaching for a gun or I thought that cell phone was a gun in his hand or he didn't comply with my orders and took a step towards me. That to me doesn't hold up, just doesn't hold up. And unfortunately in America, it does, especially when it comes to minorities. You know, you know another point I kind of wanted to throw in, and it's not directly related to what you just said, but something you said earlier about stepping on a bug and seeing them as less than, you know, seeing them as subhumans. You know, and, and I didn't even hear a lot about this mentioned in this way on any news, is that those that police officer and the other two that followed him around that car, before that even got to that point, they knew there were three children in the back of that car. They knew there were. He, he did, they didn't care. They didn't care that's my point is there's three kids innocently sitting in the back of the car. And when he starts popping off rounds into that car, they could ricochet or the guy getting shot might have swung around and redirected the guy's arm, taking a couple of those kids out. I don't hear anybody saying this. You know, if you know though there are three kids in the back of that car that have done nothing wrong to anybody ever, the, the, the fact that he pulled that gun out, which it was out before he even got around the front of the car. Right. And I don't hear anybody even mention that fact. You, you know what I mean? Right. It just bolsters what you say that he didn't see children. He just saw the subhumans. You know, it's it's interesting you say that because one of the one of the things that I think also gets overplay or overlooked in these scenarios is how did it escalate to this situation? Right. I mean, uh, you know, go back to the guy at the Burger King, uh, you know, you know yeah, but uh, yeah. the, 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 the guy selling cigarettes in Brooklyn. Um, you know, there's an escalation that happens that creates the um, the circumstances for bad things to happen. And, and and that same escalation uh, doesn't seem to happen to white people. True. And, you know, there are uh, more white people that get killed by police than black people. I, I mean, that, that's a numbers game, right? But do do they face the same level of escalation when they're unarmed uh, that the black person does? Just, it doesn't, it doesn't seem that way, you know? And unfortunately, I think this is another example of, this is what we have on tape. Yeah. You know, this makes me think about all of the instances that happen that aren't on tape. Yeah. And, and they didn't have yeah. body cams on, so. 
or they weren't released or whatever. No, they don't have, they didn't, that, that police department. Oh, no, I, I thought you meant in general. No, okay. no, no, right. they don't have them. But what's going to be interesting about this situation versus some of the others you mentioned is that this guy survived. And so you're going to get a firsthand account. You know, in other words, he'll be able to defend himself where, you know, like uh, Floyd, you know, he he didn't get a chance to defend himself, you know, verbally. And so it's sad that this guy is paralyzed, but he did survive. Seems like he's going to make some kind of recovery, but he'll, he'll have his chance to tell his story. Um, yeah, yeah, but like, I, you know, the, the, the story is, will come from the cop that shot him. Why did he shoot him? And we know what the answer is going to be. He feared for his life. It's the same every time. Yeah, it's sad stuff, man. It, it, but it just keeps happening. I recommend that we do the 16-ounce beers first. Oh, yeah? I know. These run out, don't they? I I was out of my 12-ounce beer (laughs) back when somebody mentioned Biden. (laughs) All right. Let's wrap this up. Let's put a bow on it somehow, and then um, we can jump into the cultural. Nobs, did you? Uh, Oh, you want but, but, Nobs, why don't you bring us home about police brutality and uh, oh wow, my my, my minority uh, death by unarmed. Uh, That's a real heavy topic. Can I talk about summer fling instead? I know. I, we're not gonna. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. We're not gonna bring it home. <laughs> yeah, there is there is no conclusion to that. Um. It's going to happen again. It's just going to happen again and again. Unfortunately, and again. yes. Yeah. All right. So then why don't we uh, get right to the next beer? All right. Let me take a peek see into the... Oh, I got a new treasure trove, by the way. What? It just came, it just came today via Amazon, baby. Not USPS? Yeah, yeah. Not USPS. It would not have gotten here till after the election. So. That sounds like a that sounds like a Facebook post to me there, Fred. What's that? The new treasure trove. Oh, okay. All right. Because I haven't seen it. Well. Okay. Let's get it done. All right. All right. Let's let's see what the next beer is. Well, Fred, what do you got in that new trove? I've got a fun beer. At least I think it's going to be fun. It is an offering from Griffin Claw. We've had some pretty good beer from there. Uh, it is a Parchula Snail Ale, Polynesian style ginger pale ale. It's part of their survival series. What part of that sounds fun to you? <laughs> the snail part? The, 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 the can is kind of fun. It's got a snail on it. No, it's just a green can. It's got a snail. It's, uh, okay, uh, it's snail ale. Yeah, when I snail ale does not sound great. <laughs> it sounded um, a bit like Seinfeld right there, by the way. Uh, I did not. 
What are you talking it's a, about? It's a snail. It's a snail. It's, it's on the can. What are you? What are you talking about? Uh, so is this? Is this old? <laughs> oh no, no. I, I I bought it for the for the ginger. Actually, the, the, the name caught my eye, but. I saw the ginger pale ale, and that's what I thought was interesting. Something different. No, no, no. What I mean by, remember we did the the Griffin Claw Gorilla. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Uh, and it was for their uh, survival series. There's their the endangered species thing. Yeah. And, and this is a a another offering supporting. Uh, this endangered species. Um, and I just thought, okay, wait a minute. That's, that seemed like that was over a year ago. Is this, you know, are they, are they still pushing that? <laughs> so it's, it's funny you mentioned that. I just pulled up an article um, from July of 2019 talking about Griffin Claw's survival series. Yeah. But it does say at the bottom that they are working on other brews in the series, which could include... A ginger pale ale. Right. So, so I, I believe that, yes, this is a long ongoing project and this is just the next one in their lineup. But, but typically these little marketing events have a shorter life. You know what I mean? And uh, it, it's okay. It, it's okay. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know when this was, was, was brewed or when it was in, intended to be, but it's, uh, Hopefully not 2019. No, no. And it's not a big deal either way. But I just kind of thought that that survival series thing was, uh, you know, maybe a 2019 thing and not a 2020 thing. Full disclosure, though, I didn't read the can. I saw the name and I saw ginger (laughs) ale and that's why I bought it. But Fred, full disclosure. Yeah. We know you didn't read the can. I I Uh, didn't. I had no idea. Okay, so let's let's talk about what they're doing here. Okay, this is uh, to support the ongoing uh, perpetuation of the Partula nodosa snail that for um, a short time there or some time, uh, the only surviving species uh, were in the Detroit Zoo for three decades. And now they've been breeding uh, this Tahitian land snail as part of a collaborative program to restore them into the wild. Um, so that's all good. And, you know, a portion of the proceeds go to support the Partula snail. Uh, I I looked up Partula snail uh, on the internet. I'm looking at a lot of images right now, and they just look like regular old snails to me. <laughs> So uh, maybe it's the Partula uh, nodosa snail that, you know, but I, I suppose it's a different species. I'm not trying. To <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to belittle the Partula snail. They must be pretty important. If, if Well, every species is important. Okay. Don't you think so? If the Detroit Zoo put 30 years into these little bubbles. <laughs> All right, let, let's try it. Uh, uh, the specifications are 5.0 on the ABV, 35 on the IBU, 
and they're calling it a Polynesian style ginger pale ale. Um, the only other ginger beer I think I had was the uh, Shorts uh, Mule. Yeah. Mule beer. Yep. And I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. Seriously, because places just stopped selling it. I think they put snail trails in this pale ale. <laughs> okay, Dr. Seuss. This is disgusting. <laughs> really? No. I don't I don't okay. like I don't like a single bit of it. Um I don't know. I'm trying to decide whether or not your opinion has tainted my opinion. Don't let it. I'm I'm trying not to. It, it, it's it doesn't have much of a flavor of anything to me. Um, yeah, I mean, other than I think the hops are probably right where where 35, where I expect 35 to be. Other than just being slightly hoppy, um, it, it doesn't have a lot of much ginger. I don't know. Let me think. I taste like all ginger. I love ginger. Like when you get it, the sushi I, I get the ginger whatever. in there. I, I I do get the ginger, but it's not all ginger. Um, hmm. It's okay. I, I I'll let you know at the end. You know, see how well it's going down. It, it's it's. Um. <laughs> it's snail ale. I'm thinking awfully hard about this. <laughs> well, I am because it it is a little different, and I am looking at a whole bunch of pictures of snails right now. <laughs> Fred, yeah. well, I'm actually kind of indifferent on it. I, I, I'm not tasting a whole lot of anything. It, it's almost like tasteless to me. I mean, if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not getting much of anything out of it other than it's cold and it's wet and we went dry too quick on the first beer. So I'm happy to be drinking. I, I, I will withhold judgment, but right now I, uh, it's a mess for me at this point, but I'm going to drink it. I, I'm a soldier. I'm going to power through. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm definitely going to finish it. I, I believe, unless it, um, you know, really takes a turn for it. I, I just, I just don't see myself purchasing it again. No, no, I definitely wouldn't. Um, and and so you know, maybe that's our our definition of not for me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That went over like a lead balloon. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I still have to get to the Griffin Claw Brewery sometime. You know, COVID has really slowed down my brewery visiting. I thought you had been there. Only to pick up the Flying Buffalo series to go. Oh, okay. And when I was there, I just kept thinking, man, I got to get in there. Because it just looks like a really cool spot. It's okay. 
Why do they, they have the communal table things? I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. Mm. It especially backfires with COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they have like partitions up. <laughs> like, like, well, that's what they have over at uh, Imperial Taco down in Ferndale because they have the communal tables too and they have like plexiglass partitions up. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Huh. All right. Speaking of beer, (laughs) what were you going to say? I said, but if I was to go to the Griffin Claw Brewery, maybe I might try a flight to get a good, you know, sampling of their various beverages that they had on tap that day. Now, that is a brilliant idea. Uh, you, You think flights in general are a brilliant idea. Yes, I, I like flights. Um, Fred, what about you? I don't I don't think I've ever seen you order a flight. No, and you, in all likelihood, may never will. <laughs> I just, I, I don't really find the attraction in them, you know, having all the different types of beer. I, I normally like to just peruse the menu and pick a pint and go with that. You, you know, I, I'm kind of picking up your point because, you know, as we talk a lot about at Pottoms Up, we try not to compare beers, right? Let the beer stand on its own. But a flight almost is forcing you to compare beers. Yeah. In a way, yeah. You know. Now, and, and that depends, like if you're having a flight of similar types, because if you're having a flight of mixed types, if you're having a, a stout and a Hefeweizen and a porter and an IPA, you know, that's certainly not a fair comparison. I know me personally, when I go to a brewery, I'll look at their menu and I may not want to pick just one beer. I'll see mm-hmm. multiple that I like, and I want to sample all of them. So for me, a flight is perfect. If I can look at a menu and see four beers that interest me, and I'll try to split it across reds, IPAs, wheats, Scottish ales, whatever it may be, and I'll sample all of them. And then for the next round, I will pick one of those that I enjoyed and I'll get a pint of that. So it's not a comparison. The, the reason you like flights is not the comparison, just to taste multiple Yes. Times. Yeah. For me, it's I don't want, like, I'm probably not going to sit there and have four or five pints of all these right. beer and be able to make it home. Uh-huh. But if I can sample each one and then settle on one pint, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I... You know, I've I've ordered flights in the past. Um, I, I I guess I do it more for the reason that you're saying, and that is there's a couple of things that interest me. Um, but then I've been in situations where maybe like two or three interest me, but then I'm I'm having a hard time adding the fourth. <laughs> yeah, I've been in that situation where the last one is difficult. Yeah, I, I can always find a way to manage somehow. Is, is, is four the right number? 
I think, yeah, four is probably the good number. Because there de- there's five. It might depend points. on the actual, like, beer selection. Like, if I'm at Dragon Mead, I could probably find five beers I like there. Mm-hmm. But if I'm at a smaller brewery, it may only be four. Yeah. You, you know what's funny? And I guess I never really thought about why I'm not attracted to the flights, you know, this is interesting to talk about it tonight because I've never really thought, why don't you get flights? And I think what it comes down to, at least for me from a personal standpoint, when when I'm drinking beer, I tend to be obsessive. Remember the IPA thing? <laughs> I, I'm pretty obsessive with IPAs, and I really don't veer too far from it. But because of doing this podcast... I've, I've been forced to open my eyes to a lot of other things, but I still find myself like for a while over the winter, I was stuck on heavy stouts and I wasn't drinking anything else. So I think that's the way I function beer wise. Well, actually life wise, I get like focused on something and that's just where I stay. And I think the flight kind of gets in the way of that for me, you know, psychologically. Makes sense? No? Yes? Uh, yeah, I can you see awake? That. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, no, I, I, I can observation, see Observation, observation. It's my personality. I'm just like an obsessive, compulsive personality. What if a place had four different IPAs? Never happened. That situation <laughs> would never happen, or you would never get the four IPAs? No, no. It's a... Uh, you never see that, but okay. Uh, I'll play your game. Yes, I, I might try it that way. Okay. Okay. But a lot of times, like w- when you when you get that flight thing, it, it seems like why would you get four IPAs? It, to me, the purpose of the flight. Well, that would be a comparison then, right? In my opinion. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Do I'll you just... think? Do you think sometimes a flight is a good way for the non-craft beer drinker to feel important kind of no sample kind of kind of kind of get into it oh yeah for sure yeah although i i I say that but it's kind of like are people already now decided like either you're a craft beer person or you're not (laughs) like how how often do you take someone out and you know they're like oh i've never had a you know i've never heard of an ipa or you know what's what's that like i think a flight would have to be for the craft beer curious yeah and then you could like just give them a variety of different types to see what they enjoy yeah but you know like like what i'm what i'm getting at is if they're Bud Light drinkers and 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 that's all they are, it's it's hard to get them to drink a craft beer that they're going to like that doesn't taste like Bud Light. <laughs> yeah, Pilsner. Exactly, exactly. It might be easier to say, "Hey, here's this Oberon. Try this instead." Yeah, it's all I, it's all I have in the beer fridge. Yeah. <laughs> How important? To you, Nob, since you love flights, is the actual physical appearance of the flight. 
honestly, Blotto, the whole experience for some reason means a lot to me, and I don't know why it is. I, I I'm with you on that. I like, I I don't disagree that the presentation of a good flight uh, is important and um, adds to the experience of the beer drinking. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, I'll bring it up again. Dragon Mead. They give you a little card, like a postcard, to fill out, mm-hmm. and you have to go through their menu. And fill out like, okay, beer one is going to be this, beer two is this, and you fill out this postcard and hand it to your waiter or waitress, and then they bring back the flight, and if I remember correctly, they have a little stand for the postcard to put up so you can see what each one is, and the whole presentation is just all part of the experience for me. Mm-hmm. I-, I love that. I- I've uh, seen the ones with the, the chalkboard. Yep. And I... Me personally, that's been my favorite. I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, those are neat too. Um, you, you I know, think you're right about Dragon Mead with the little postcard. It, they got a little stand they attach to the flight. Um, Hello. Yeah. Uh, one of the suggestions that uh, has come up at our, our brewery was um, that we bring the flight out to the customer and if they can guess which ones are which that they ordered then they get like a little prize like one of our stickers challenge accepted <laughs> challenge <laughs> challenge uh, but, I, but, but i think that's kind of cool I, I i think that's kind of a fun idea right you ordered them let's see what can can, can you guess which ones are which what Go i think friend. you ought to do is let them come up to the bar and then just put their mouse on four different taps <laughs> and try it that way. That's my suggestion. Uh, well, well, it's, co- it's COVID friendly. Besides, since we're we're speaking of the bar, I, I will tell you that pouring flights is a hassle, and oh, maybe oh, there oh. Are, maybe there are places like Griffin Claw, Dragon Meat, or bathroom or whatever that you know love pouring flights but i can tell you from my personal experience uh it's a complete hassle and a huge waste of beer try and pour you know four to six ounces in a little cup uh get it right very little head uh without a ton of waste and it takes a ton of time and maybe there's some tricks out there that we're not utilizing to do it better but from a bar perspective, uh, yeah, they can't be very happy with lights. Um, uh, but I, but I agree with, 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 with the presentation part. And, uh, uh, I was at a place in Philadelphia, uh, with my brother and, um, it was the place that we reviewed the beers that he sent us. Uh, yeah. I remember he sent us some beers. I can't remember the name of the Like a coconut mudslide or something like that. Uh, really wild place, and and their uh, their flight boards were also really wild. They were these wrought iron contraptions, uh, and they were uh, probably a, like twelve to fi- fifteen inches tall. Holy crap! Yeah, they were really tall. I remember, and then like there's this big curve to them, and then like where you, these where you put the shot glasses. And when I when I saw one. Uh, on a table, 
I knew immediately, well, I got to get one of those. (laughs) (laughs) I want to draw attention to myself here. (laughs) I've seen something similar at a barbecue place. And I don't know if it was made out of wrought iron or not, but it was, yeah, it was a stand. And the flight glasses like went around the stand itself. And it was really cool. Okay, so here's here's the big question on flights. Okay, okay. I, I, I've, been, I've been holding on, holding out on this one. And Fred, even though you don't really do flights, I, I'm I'm sure like everything else, you'll have an opinion. Well, uh, just just to let you know, I've been off the air for about a minute. <laughs> yeah, we know we were we were going. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, but I, you didn't miss a thing. Okay, how do you drink your flight? Oh, yeah. No, I have an entire process for it. Well, can I can I can I say something first before he does that? Right when I lost connection, I had something to say after you were complaining about <laughs> drawing your flights. I was mm-hmm. going to suggest maybe you should enroll in flight school. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm smoking tonight. I had a I had a conversation with our 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 glass vendor about do different glasses for flights pour better than others? Is the shape of the glass important in getting a good pour for your flight? I wouldn't see why not. He said maybe it'd be a good thing for you to test. (laughs) (laughs) You're no freaking help at all. So basically, buy more glasses. Buy more glasses. Start testing them out. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, carry on. Okay, so back to your questions, Blotto. Yes. This is uh, really get, important. This is super important when it comes to yeah, flights. Yeah, I have a process. So when I get my flight, I start left to right, and I will sample each one. And then I will start left from uh, I'll basically pick which one I like the best at that point, and that's my last beer. So I'll then go worst to best and finish them one at a time. Okay. You know, that's the way that I typically eat my dinner. I, I, I save the, the, the best foods for last. But Of course. Uh, it, it's interesting because I, maybe it's my, you know, impatience. But when I get a flight, I, I, I'm going to at least sample each one. Of course. Not everyone does that. I, I have I have talked to a number of people who order flights and and I've I, I, I've you know gone to their table and I've seen three glasses full and one glass half empty. And I'm like, do you not try them all? And they're like, No, I do one at a time. Hey, you know, I guess everyone has their own system. And so in that case, when they're doing it like that, okay, if you're that person, you're really just trying to enjoy multiple beers and you just don't want the pint pour, right? Sure. Just get a freaking pint. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're not even sampling at that point. You just want short beers. <laughs> That's another method of sampling, yeah. 
I just I just don't want to like finish a sample and then finish a few more samples and be like, wait, what did that first one taste like? Because I'll forget by then. See, I, I know I will I will try all of them, but then after that, there's no process. You know, I, I'll go one, two, three, four, and then I'll do you know three, and then I'll do two, and they're like, oh, yeah. four's got a lot left in it, so I'll go back to that one. <laughs> You know, maybe my goal is to get them all near empty at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I may go back and forth a little bit in the middle, but once I've settled on my favorites, yes, I will go worst to best. Have Have you ever ordered two flights in the same sitting? I'm trying to think about that. Um, maybe once, but typically no. I, I don't think I ever have. I mean, one, yeah. it, it's going to fill me up good enough, and then maybe I'm just going to have one pint, right? I'm not going to. Yeah, typically I'll just try whatever number of flights I have and then decide on one, and I will have a pint of that to finish it off. So at, at, at at our place, we used to offer every beer in a flight size and people could make their own flights. And it was not uncommon at all. I'm, I, I, I tell you this, Scott's, uh, Scout's honor, you know, three fingers up, or whatever. People would sometimes order flights of nine to ten each. Nine to ten beers? Yep. And then if you had a a table of, you know, four or five douchebags and three of them decide to order a flights of nine different beers, you're pouring 27 five-ounce beers. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I I think we only have like 50 five-ounce glasses. (laughs) (laughs) But but don't be that person. <laughs> like, if what's the point at at, at 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 more than five? What are you trying to do? Get wasted. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think that drinking flights can hit you harder than drinking pints. Why? Um. Why? Uh could be rate of consumption because you're sampling one after the other you're just drinking them quicker yeah i mean obviously some are going to be higher abv you know if you have if you have four that's 20 ounces versus 16 maybe no that's true no i'm saying maybe a flight will get you drunk quicker than sure my math was good on that mm. fake news <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you know, I had another thought on why I don't think I'm a flight person is it's back to the weird psychology thing. Um, I okay. have had flights in the past and I noticed that if I don't like one of the beers in the flight, I can't let it sit there and go to waste. I, I will force myself to drink a beer sure. I don't like in 
for whatever reason, my, my wiring or whatever, I don't like that. And I, I, I should leave. I don't like what I'm doing right now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but you're going to drink it. But I don't like to be forced into drinking a beer that I don't particularly care for, but there's something in my wiring that won't let me let it go. So I'll end up drinking it. And I think that just doesn't work with me. Funny story. Uh, I once got a message from a mutual friend of ours who was at a brewery not too far away from home who said, I have a flight of beers. I don't like them. Come up here and finish that for me. (laughs) (laughs) And that was our dear friend, Bubba. Uh, (laughs) I don't like them. That's that's pretty. That's that's. Wow, he. That must have really been not for me. Uh, And I can confirm that yes, they were all bad beers. (laughs) Because yes, I did leave my house and go up there. But you finished them. Yeah, oh yeah, they were gone between the two of us. Uh, yeah, I, I think even when I have a flight, if it's a if it's a bad beer, I'm I'm finishing it. Yeah, at that point, it's just a shot, really. Well, yeah, that's that's how you're going to treat it, right? Yep. Sips, you got you know ounce and a half left. You're just going to knock it back. Exactly. Chase it with something. Yeah, but better. the thing about the 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 beer that you don't like, so. You've tried it once. You've made a decision. You don't like it. You're not going back to it. So it's been sitting there for a half an hour. So not only is it a beer you don't like, now it's warm and you don't like it. Now you definitely don't want to have to drink something like that. Hence the hate of flight. So what about... Hey, hey Fred, guess what? I have 16 ounces of a beer that's been sitting for 30 (laughs) minutes that I don't like. (laughs) I'm sorry, fourteen ounces. <laughs> okay, okay. What, but what? What about this scenario? Why not? If you're going to Dragon Meat, for instance, right? But this goes more to you, uh, Fred. Okay. You go to a place and you see, oh, you know what? There's four beers on this menu that are for me that I know, know that I like. You know, why not just order a flight to enjoy those beers that you do know that you like uh, instead of picking the one, right? Interesting. I mean, yeah. I, I, I might do that. I, I've never treated a flight that way. I, I usually treat flights to be more adventurous, which is what I think they're designed for. Yeah, I agree. But, but you, you know, if I went to Atwater... I'm sure I could find four beers that I know I like. Hmm. And so now I'm not really tasting them. I'm just enjoying four different beers. Now, I know the douchebags that order nine. <laughs> <laughs> they might be listeners. Be, be gentle. Yeah. No, no, I'm putting a stop to that. That's the whole point. But that, that'd be a different way to... So there's there's a lot of different ways to uh, you know treat your flights of beers right to a lot a lot of different angles yeah for sure from presentation to how you drink them to why you drink them 
So is the five ounce that is that the standard size for flight beer? It appears so in, in my research. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Most of the flight glasses that I've looked at are the five ounce variety. Okay. It was just curious. You know. And uh you know, well your pint is sixteen. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> and, and, and and a growler is? Are growlers different in size depending on brewery? Shouldn't be. I think sometimes they are, but they shouldn't. I can absolutely confirm that, yes, there's a What's difference. What's the volume? It, it should be a half gallon. So 64. 64, yeah. Okay. Right. Someone's got oversized uh, growlers there, or undersized growler? Un- way undersized. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I think last time it was like, I, th- I think we did it on the show, we did the math, and it was like 20 ounces or something. No, that was, that, that was a, that wasn't a growler, though. Wasn't that just a well, they, growler? They, no, they advertise it as a growler, though. Semantics. Define is. so uh on wikipedia it says while 64 u.s fluid ounces is the most popular growler size growlers are commonly found in a couple other sizes 20 ounce is is any of them 20 (laughs) two liter one liter gallon half gallon bathtub (laughs) liter cola Hey, but that does that does bring me uh, to another reason that we have to stop doing this uh, remotely, and maybe we have to put on some masks. But if if we can get together, I can provide a growler. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I guess we're getting together. It's inevitable. Incentive. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Uh, let's wrap up on the beers. Let's go back to the first beer because we didn't really wrap up on it. I, I, I'm going to go for me on that beer. I don't see any reason why I wouldn't buy it again. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of moving out of the Hefeweizen season. Um, but, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was okay. It's just a meh. I don't even remember the name of it. <laughs> it's forgettable. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. I, I gotta go. Um, I gotta go for me on that one, and on this one, I gotta go now for me. I I, I still got uh, probably two and a half uh, five ounce glasses left here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I. I have half a glass and there's a whole bunch more left in the can. I I don't like it whatsoever. Honestly, it's one of the worst beers I've ever tasted on the show. (laughs) So, so you're going not, not you got double, not just the bottom of your chart. Blotto. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, the summer fling, 
I thought it was it was just okay. Um, I might order a second one, so I'll say for me, um, the snail ale was a, a big nothing burger to me, so it's a not for me. Yeah, I think that's what we all ended up there uh, on the on the snail ale. Um, it's just missing. No, no reason to order this no. beer again. I'm down with that. Um, all righty. Okay. Anything else to add? Uh, no, here. I don't think so. All right. Do we want to make any kind of proclamation or promise to our audience that we're going to be more regular? No. <laughs> <laughs> It's a pandemic for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I'm I'm getting to be much more available. Okay. Than, than I than I was in July. Well, it, there's tra- it's it, it's a lot of transition going on right now, especially with you. So, you know, they're just going to have to understand. <laughs> I think we could promise to make an attempt. Okay. And we already have beer for next week, so. Yeah. Yep. We, we do. Knobs has already provided. Can't tell the audience. Spread. Oh. Well, you can tell you can tell the, the co-host. Off air. Oh, it's a, it's a surprise. <laughs> yep. He's already provided the beer, so. We're we're in it for at least one more episode. <laughs> Yeah, if not, I want them back. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, guys. Good stuff. And uh, sounds good. We will say bottoms up, and we are bottoms out. 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 Politics, some culture and craft beer. Politics, and that is why you are here. Politics. Adam's up.